Hi, this morning, folks, we continue on the series of the study of the books of Pupit, uh, book of Joshua, uh, in the Pupit series. And then uh, we have the scripture for us, uh, just to kind of invite you to read along with us. Uh, shall we? On the evening of the 14th day of the month, I came and gathered on the plains of Jericho. The Israelites celebrate the Passover. The day after the Passover, the very day they add some fields to the land, unleavened bread and loaves of bread. The men stopped the day after they had, and there was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But the year they had the produce of the cannon. So I gave a grant which we did not toil, the city we did not build. And we lived in them and eat them, other oaths and the dark plant. The last one? Or oh, last already. Okay, let us pray. Father, we want to thank you for this moment of worship again as we place ourselves before you in love and in expression. And ask that you come by at this moment to the Spirit to remind us of your love, your word, and your care for us. So lovingly, we commit this meditation before you and bless and pray that you bless that we have this moment together. In Jesus' loving name, we pray. Amen. Well, folks, um, before I go into the verses, the verse memory, remember? Pastor Anthony run already. In fact, I want him to test him also. Oh, he's at the back. <laughs> Especially on Joshua 1.9. Of course, we try later on. But before we go into it, just to kind of recap about the background of Joshua before us. If you have a chance to read, I hope you are reading, that he surfaced already during the time of Moses, working alongside with Moses as an assistant or appendix, something like that. But he followed really Moses every step that Moses went, even when Moses went up the mountain top to receive the law. Joshua, patiently waiting at the foothill for the return of Moses. And Joshua was one of the spies that Moses sent out to the land and to spy. And he and a fellow countryman, Caleb, were the one who gave a good report that they did go and possess the land especially designated to them by God. They should not be chicken out and run away from that. Although the rest will say, no, 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 no go, because the residents there like giant before us, we are just like grasshopper. But lo and behold, Joshua and Caleb were the two persons were given honor and courage who marched into the promised land. Unlike Moses, and all the contemporary they had together died during the wilderness period. They were there 40 years, folks. They were going to have a chance to go into the promised land, except Joshua and Caleb. And so when you open the book in Joshua chapter 1, there is this reminder for Joshua, be of good cheer, for the Lord was with Moses and will be with him as he take on the land. And so Joshua 1, 9, and we are asked to memorize 
Have you all tried? Let's try it again, okay? Right, folks, I, I stand here so that you don't think I cheat la, to look at the notes. <laughs> or look at the background. Carry? Slowly we will try. See whether we go for second time. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For the Lord God, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Correct? Alright, your turn now. Let's try. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be courageous. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Give yourself a big hand, folks. <laughs> My response to Pastor Anthony. Is it okay? We pass? Alright. Maybe continue another verse last. <laughs> in the coming weeks and months and so on. But seriously, folks, when you look at the Word, it's not really there per se, but really the Word of God is a living through, a living sword to us, cutting and piercing to us and so on. That wherever you go, you know that the Lord will be with you. It's not like kind of uh, just comfort yourself, but with a deep conviction, especially you are going to some crisis or even go for a medical checkup. You know, my blood pressure is quite normal, uh, control. But one or two times I went for a medical checkup, suddenly shoot up for nowhere. And the nurse got to take twice to confirm. They say, Mr. Lee, please relax. I know you're okay, but when you come here, the pressure can go up. You never know or notice. But here, you see, the point is, the Word of God will be really a special comfort for us. Or maybe even you go for an interview, you know, or going for a holiday. The Word of God will be with us, and for God Himself will assure us. So it will be a good reminder, and thank to Pastor Anthony, the encouragement that all of us should kind of make an effort to memorize the scripture. So this morning our theme with you is actually to look into the new era of Joshua. You know he was with Moses in the past, but today he entered in the promised land. Something beautiful had taken place with him and also his country folks. So I have three kind of outlines here to share with you. First is to look how they move away from the wilderness into the promised land. The second point is to see how God has started a new provision of life for them. And third is to see the experience they've gone through with victory and also defeat in life. And so this is kind of outline I have prepared with you this morning for meditation. Looking at the wilderness into the promised land, you realize that, you know, for Joshua and his people, or even the younger generation may not know, especially only for Joshua and Caleb, knew very well how they went through the wilderness experience. And they were like nomads, moved from place to place, uh, stayed in tents, 
and we even communicate to God through the tabernacle and things like that. And they have got uh, nothing else to look forward to except really to the promised land, so to speak. But now as they enter into the promised land, they found at least they have a shelter over the head and settle down very well. That's the kind of picture you can see the difference here and more to come. The second is about the new provision of the lives, like you read from Joshua 5, 10 to 12, that when they started eating the food in the land or the promised land, the manner that they've been receiving during the wilderness experience ceased. God no longer dropped bread to speak from heaven for them to go and collect. They can take the food. In other words, they were food on the table. A new provision of God coming to them. And looking at that background of getting the manna from heaven was simply because they complained that there was no, not, not enough food that God to give them from heaven. And the teaching in that spiritual lesson was they go and collect on a daily basis. If you read the background in uh, Exodus and Numbers, that they are not to collect more than the share they needed per se or per day. And some greedy folks tried to take more to for a few more days, but though they took extra, became rotten and smelly. So the spiritual lesson here was trust God for the daily provision that God gives you. Every morning and collect, every morning and collect. Sufficient for the day. But here in the new promised land, God says, no need. I give you the abundance. You find food on the table. Then the third one, the new era they experienced was the victory and also the setback or the defeat that Joshua and the team went through. Of course, you reckon that we talk about the victory at the city of Jericho or the wall of Jericho broke down. They can conquer the, the city in one blow, so to speak. And then the next one, they will see on in chapter 7, the city of Ai. In other city, they're supposed to march into it and to capture it. But the first encounter, they got defeated simply because one of the tribes' clan took something that God forbidden them to take and they even hijacked. And because of that disobedient act, God punished them. They got defeated in the first attempt of this city of Ai. Uh, the clan, they call it the Akan. Uh, people who took those uh, forbidden items. And so this is the kind of changes that Joshua and his people experienced when they came over into the Promised Land. So what can we learn, really, for practical reflection in a Christian faith, looking at these three outlines I just mentioned? The first lesson on moving away from wilderness into the promised land is quite ex- exciting, ex- uh, interesting story to make some reflection on. Are you all familiar with the wilderness experience, folks? Some folks in the 8 o'clock reminded me, Pastor, talk more about the background of all this. I mean, especially the city of AI. 
Well, the wilderness experience, remember, they were grown up during the time of Joseph, uh, time generation, the people staying in Egypt. And of course, the change of Pharaoh, the king, and the continual uh, growing of the Jewish community getting bigger, and they were put in the slavery kind of work, and uh, doing all the slaves, slavery job, and they murmur and complain to God, and so God heard their cry in Exodus 3 and sent Moses down. Moses met God at the burning bush and the call of God to Moses and to lead the people out of Egypt. And Joseph fought, uh, Moses fought so hard to convince Pharaoh about God's leading and so on that the miracles will happen until Pharaoh got to give up and then let the people go. In fact, even the last straw, they still wanted to chase the Israelite back. But God somehow opened the Red Sea, and let the people go, and drowned the Egyptians. And from there, they entered, really, or out of Egypt, supposed to go into the uh, Promised Land. But before they stepped foot into it, God kind of got to test them, train them, See how much they obey the Lord. And truly along the journey, a lot of things happen. They were not so convinced. They complain. They murmur. Everything. So much so Moses was quite disturbed with the kind of feedback by the people. It sounds a bit uh, quite common to our Singaporean culture. You know, Singaporeans like to complain here and there. Until one day Moses, when he struck the rock, he struck really angry. The Lord said, I call you only do one, you try it twice. And because of that, he sinned against the Lord. So let's come back to people who complain. Just a reflection here, folks, of Singaporean culture. We are well known in that thing, right? How many of you here never complained before? It's so quiet. It's okay, folks, I trust you. Even I also got complain <laughs> or something like that. Or maybe the driver cut me and then horn me and things like that. But here I, I pick up from one in the social media that this gentleman wrote in the Facebook, I think it's a Facebook thing, about his encounter and experience at NTUC one of the outlets and trying to buy something for the kids. And this is what he wrote. This morning I went to NTUC to get some yogurt, you know the yogurt drink, for my kids. And guess what? Not a single pack was found on the shelf. And so when I approached the staff, the answer was, it's so out low. And he got very chisel to the street. The kind of uh, remark and feedback he got. So he wrote again, extremely disappointed the NTUC can run out of yogurt, or yogurt. And that was his kind of uh, remark and feedback. But here I believe folks when Tom, uh, Joshua and the f- folks went into the new promised land, I presume they really can put all this emotional baggage behind them, or the ill feeling, especially towards God. Even they complain, God, we don't mind staying in Egypt. 
If we go to die here or no food, even though we are a slave, we don't mind saying in Egypt. That kind of feeling they had. But here we look at the way God had led Joshua and the fellow countrymen into a promised land, was ready to give them a new start, a new beginning, a new challenge into their relationship with God altogether. And so, folks, that applies to you and me, that God had put us in the same threshold. We had a new beginning in God. We were once no people in the sight of God. But today we are people of God, a holy nation, a priesthood, God's people. And so what kind of life we should have before Him? And I fall to suggest to you this morning that we should move on with a life that was more Christ-centered than self-centered. Secondly, we should have a life to be governed by the teaching of God's Word and thoughts. You see, there were, as I write out in the commentary, somebody pointed out that during Moses' time as a leader, he was more familiar with the law, that God had given him the law. So the law is very legitimate or very uh, hard going in a sense. Follow this and follow that. But how many of us really can follow the law? Just for example, the sign there put no U turn. Many of the drivers cheat. They still turn. So what's the law is all about? Something like that. We just a peace, but not really a lot of personal implication. But the law are good to maintain law and order. That was Moses' time. But you now enter the time of Joshua, and you realize the first chapter, I really start off with verse 8. This is the book of the law. Shall not depart from your mouth. And you shall meditate day and night and do accordingly. And you shall be prosperous and successful. Change over the new era here. It's to focus on the Word of God. Internalize God's Word in us. Therefore, it's good to memorize God's Word. Read the Bible. Listen to God's Word. Talk about God's Word. Practice about God's Word. I think that will really make us Christ-centered people. So, a life to be governed by the teaching of God's Word and thoughts. Third, a life to sanctify with a renewing mind by the Holy Spirit. That our mind should be renewed. We know how to discern good and evil, right and wrong, whether this is a lie or not. With the help the renewing of the Holy Spirit. Fourthly, to keep one holy and righteous before God and not to be easily influenced by this corrupted world. It's very corrupted, right? Uh, some of us may have attended this George uh, Petowell uh, seminar, talk about people looking at pornography, addicted to it, cannot get out of it. Folks, we need to watch our lives and live a holy and righteous one before God. And so here we see this new era before us. And we can see also in the life of Joshua and his people. And now I want to pause for a moment to address to a second group of people. They are sitting here and reflecting 
and thinking or searching the goal and meaning of life. You can be like one of those still going through the wilderness situation. Just like riding on a merry-go-round. Go round and round to a circle, not knowing where you are going. You may be trapped in the wall within you. And you need help, and you're looking for help. Looking for a new brand start, beginning. But you don't know where and how to turn to. Let me assure you this morning, folks, that God is always willing to lead and to guide you into a new brand start. All you need to do is to resist the temptation and to obey and follow God's teaching. Importantly, you need to have Jesus in your life. You need to invite Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, to give you the strength, the confidence in meeting life, fulfilling your goal altogether. And I believe God will bless you into this wonderful beginning that you have with Him. Now the question to you is, will you allow God to lead and guide you this morning? And all you need to do is to open your heart to accept Jesus. I want to encourage you with this prayer. And I want to encourage you to say after me. And the rest of you would like you just to follow along as an encouragement to those who want to make this really a personal prayer with them. Can we? Shall we start? And let's pray. Oh God, I hear your call of inviting me into a new beginning with you. And the invitation of accepting Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my wrongdoing that I have sinned against you. Thank you for your forgiveness and your invitation to accept me and Jesus can be my Lord and Savior. I accept Jesus in my heart and in His name I pray. Amen. Folks, let's give God a clap offering. Really. And we congratulate those who really make it your personal prayer that you have Jesus now in your heart. And we pray that you will continue to grow in this faith. And one of the ways is to encourage you to sign on for Alpha. The next step you move, uh, that you will mingle with the teaching, the fellowship, and even the refreshment that you have to take and things like that. And maybe, who knows, one day the Lord will lead you into your baptism and membership of His community here. So folks, don't just stop there this morning. Move on. In the new beginning that you have with the Lord. Amen? The second lesson here we learn, as I say again in the beginning, about the new provision that God has for the people. And you can see how God has uh, kind of uh, remind them that in the past, they can just depend on the supply from heaven dropping 
down to them. But now they can really see the food is placed before them uh, on the table or they just go and collect. No need to really go in and out of the house. In fact, if you read Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 26, the preaching of Jesus in the New Testament reminded the people really about the care and anxiety of life. Let me read to you here. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat or what you drink, or about your body, what you put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow or reap, nor gather the buns, yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than them? You see the assurance of God feeding to His people, already expressed during the time of Joshua. And right now into the New Testament, Jesus reminded them, take heed, not be anxious, the provision of God with us then and now and even for tomorrow. He will be with us. So take note of this and continue to walk by faith the way that God has led us. I quickly move to lesson number three about the encounter that Joshua had about victory and defeat. As I mentioned earlier on, that last Sunday also mentioned about the conquer the city of Jericho. After the six day walk and the seventh day on, all they needed to do was give a sharp blow or a noise, and the wall tumbled down and they captured without really fire, need to fire a first shot, so to speak. And they got a victory so simply. But not in the next chapter 7, when they are supposed to march into the next city. And actually, by the first march, they were able to conquer the city of Ai. But unfortunately, there was someone in the camp of Joshua took some forbidden items that God had forbidden them to take, and they hide it. And the person's name he called Icon. Uh, with the household, hidden the things, and because of that, God punished them, and so they got a defeated kind of situation in the city of AI. And so here, my point with you folks, that even in Joshua's time, he experienced victory and also defeat. A lesson here for us in the practical sense that Joshua also got his ups and downs, got good and bad day for him. And he's a good reminder for us that the Christian faith that you and I so embrace and happily have is not the bed of roses, really. <clears throat> we could have our ups and our downs. We also need to face different weather, storm of life. We have our summer as well as a winter. And we can be in different and a difficult situation too. Especially, we still need to watch our health, our financial position, our working relationship with colleagues and friends, and also experience failure in friendship and the breakdown of family life. The list can go on, folks. We've got our ups and we've got our downs. So in life, in short, we may have to face problems or storms and crises. 
Then be a good cheer. God is with us. Fear not, as it said in the scripture. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For our Lord, our God, is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, folks. God is with us. In Singapore, in China, in America, God is with us. It would be good to reckon that God is watching, leading us as a good shepherd. That he will never keep his hand off from us. The problem is we are the one who are keeping away from God ourselves. Today he welcomes us, open the arms that he is always leading us. So in conclusion, I will share with you this text from Isaiah chapter 40, 28-31. It's a beautiful text to remind us the relationship that God has with us. Verse 28 says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives powers to the faint, and to him with might he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew the strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Folks, the word of God ministers to both the young and the old. And here say the youth also can get tired, exhausted. But let's come back to God. He's the one who will renew your strength. Are you feeling tired now? I hope not so. Lunch time is just 10 minutes away. Or really spiritually you're tired. They're hitting the rock. No know what to do. The scriptures say, be patient with God. He will renew our strength. Make you sore like eagles, eagles, and you run and not be weary. It's your walk and not be faint. Trust God's sufficient grace and strength for you, for the life, for the path to come. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your word before us this morning. Thank you for reminding us. We can have a new beginning with you all together. That's the way that we look at Joshua and his people. That we can start anew, especially into the promised land they've given them and the sure hope they've given to us. And so we pray for the dear ones who are here this morning. They be receptive to your word. Hold on to it, apply it, and truly to see your strength growing, renewing them every day. We thank you, Lord, for this moment of worship. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.